there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. A kingdom legacy or a kingdom legacy for your family. That's where we stopped last Sunday. And this is what we say. Let me do a quick recap here. That a, a belonging to a family is a great blessing because a family shapes who you become as an individual. We also discovered that God sets the solitary in families, according to Psalms chapter 68 and verse 5. And if you don't have a family, God brings you to a church which becomes a family to you. That's why I love the church. Then we realize that having a family is a great responsibility. As you're celebrating, you know, the birth of your child, your daughter or your son with chubby cheeks, and you're trying to examine to see if the nose is for the father, eyes are for the mother, ears are for the grandfather, and stuff like that. I want you to know that you have just put a great responsibility upon yourself. Having children is a great responsibility. And every parent must endeavor to leave a legacy for their children. Now, we looked at, number one, the legacy that we must leave for our families because we are talking about a kingdom legacy for the family. Number one, it was the legacy of prosperity. And we discovered that prosperity is a kingdom concept. Prosperity is a biblical concept. Second Corinthians 8, 9, the Bible says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. So you can see with many other scriptures that I gave you that we are actually supposed to be blessed. As children of God, we are supposed to be wealthy. As children of the law, we are supposed to do well financially. And we are supposed to do well when it comes to um, the many good things that make life comfortable here on earth. I want to be comfortable here. And I want to enjoy life here. So Jesus became poor so that we might be rich. He took on our poverty so that we might be rich. Amen. May you be rich this year. All the years you have struggled, may 2023 be a different year for you. May you become wealthy in Jesus' name. Shout aloud, amen, if you believe what I'm saying. And then we say that enduring prosperity is part and parcel of a kingdom legacy. It must be something that can be perpetuated from one generation to another. Prosperity is something that is supposed to be handed over from one generation to another. It should not end with you. And we discovered that some of us, we were given a bad legacy. Legacy of poverty, a legacy of struggles, uh, a hustler kind of uh, legacy. You've been struggling. Your father struggled. Your grandfather struggled. Your great-grandfather struggled. You're also struggling, man. And, and, and we said you have to break it. It has to stop with you. Poverty has to stop with you. Amen? Struggles have to stop with you. You know, working for only food has to stop with you so that you pass on something great to your children. I see you stopping some bad things that you see in your family in Jesus' name. I see you breaking some trends and patterns that are undesirable in your family in Jesus' name. Lift your hand and say, I break it in Jesus' name. Say, I break every cycle of poverty, stagnation in our family, in Jesus' name. So you have to pass on a good, um, a good legacy to your children. You have to pass on prosperity to your children. The prosperity must be enduring. And we even say that you should even go beyond your children and now focus on your grandchildren. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 22, that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That means what he begins should be able to impact on his grandchildren. The solid footing of prosperity that is building, the solid foundation of prosperity that is establishing should be able to be passed on to the second and even to the third generation. Now, let me continue. That's where we stop. Now, how or where, excuse me, where do we begin? Where do, begin, where do you begin as an individual to establish the legacy of prosperity? Number one, you must introduce your family to God. 
I'm going to speak to the parents. I'm going to speak to those who are looking forward to become parents. That you must introduce your family to God. Why God? Because it is him that blesses. One of the things I'm grateful for, for my father and my mother, is they introduce us to God. They introduce us to the church. They introduce us to Jesus. I mean, I grew up going to church. I started going to church when I was in my mother's womb. I started singing in the choir when I was in my mother's womb. So when I was born, I just continued with the practice. So I thank God for my parents because they, made, they, they helped me to meet Jesus. And I was able to avoid many things. I've never drunk alcohol. And I don't miss it. I don't even know why people like it. Because I can't even stand the smell. You are looking at me wondering, Pastor. Uh, smoking. I don't struggle with smoking because I never did. The only time I remember we were seeing, I think I was in nursery or something. We were going to school and we were seeing people putting something that was red in their mouth and it was looking cool because we were young. So when somebody dropped one, we took one and put in our mouth because we, we didn't think it was a cigarette. We just thought it was cool. You put it in your mouth and then something red lights up. But in terms of just smoking, I've never smoked. Never smoked. Never taken beer. So I don't even know why people are crazy about it. I don't miss it. I don't want it. I can't even stand the stench. I can't even take it. It's no amen, but it's fine. There are a lot of ex-drunkards here. The neighbor pastor got you, yeah? Got you really good. Now that you know better, will you want your children to drink? You can do away with it. You can live without it. And you see, when I was introduced to salvation, it made, it made me avoid all those things. Never taken pang. The first time I was close to pang is when we started the church. Because we started a church... We started a church in a bar, former bar. And behind the church, there was an open space where people used to go and smoke bang. So there are days I could be preaching and I'm sniffing something very strong. And I was wondering, what is it? So when I asked somebody who has experience, he told me, Pastor, be careful. You might get high. <laughs> That's the closest I've been to bang. And I thank God for my parents because they introduced me. I was able to avoid so many things. Hallelujah. And you know, my, my nature is when I do something, I want to do it well. So I'm imagining if I was a sinner. I could have done it very well. So I thank God that God saved me. And God set me apart. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're here, you used to drink, you used to smoke, you, used to, you will realize that it was... It was something about your bringing, or it was something about your environment, your friends. A lot of you are introduced into drinking by friends. Isn't it true? How many were introduced into drinking by friends? I told you, test it. Or smoking by friends. Please lift your hand. Why are you behaving as if you did not hear the question? Let me ask the question again. How many here you are introduced into drinking by friends? You see? Smoking by friends. How many were introduced into sex by friends? <laughs> Father, just forgive them today. Because they are lying in your presence. Forgive them and cleanse them from that sin in Jesus' name. Tell your neighbor, how can you lie in your fasting? Hey. I can hear somebody say, Pastor, can we just move on, please? Unachoma picha na nikona potential hapa, neighbor. So, introduce your family 
to God, it will save them from a lot of things. Introduce your children to God. For us, Sunday was the Lord's day. Wake up in the morning, prepare to go to church. Sunday was not a day of taking an afternoon siesta. We were going to church. And I remember we used to leave going to church in the morning and come back in the evening. So leave in the morning, come back in the evening. Just staying in God's presence. After that, there were meetings. My mom, my dad, they're going for crusades. They're going to do where. I mean, we were just, Sunday was the day of the Lord. And I've grown up knowing that Sunday is the day we go, you know, to the house of God. You know, one time, when we just started the church, I remember one time I was talking to another lady, and I was asking her, where, where is your daughter? And she told me, oh, my daughter is at home. She came to church, and she left her daughter at home. I said, why have you left your daughter at home? She said, mm, I put a cartoon for her to watch. I said, you've put a cartoon for your daughter to watch on Sunday, and then you, you are leaving to come to church. I mean, I was very sad. Because even the cartoons that we allow our children to watch, if you're not careful, those cartoons are destroying your children. One time we were watching a cartoon when my kids were young. I said, let me also watch what they watch. And I'm seeing this particular cartoon. And there's this boy. Yeah, the boy comes. He grabs the lady. These are cartoons grabs the lady and begins to kiss the lady, kiss the lady, kiss. Hey! I said, let me watch and see what will happen. <laughs> These are cartoons and my kids are small there and they are watching with me. I told them, this, this cartoon is not very good. Then later on, then I'm watching it again, I'm realizing, hey, this cartoon is bad. Very, very bad. Teaching children very bad manners at a very tender age. So not every cartoon is good. Now we have even cartoons which are propagating homosexuality. And you have left your children at home to watch cartoons and you are coming here and you are busy worshipping the Lord. You will lose your generation. You will lose your seed. You will lose your children. When you come to church, carry your children and bring them to church. If they don't want, drag them. As they are crying, drag them. Hallelujah. Pinch them, but tell them you're coming to church. Let them cry, but tell them you're coming to church. Hallelujah. Oh, today I'm going to say some things. Hallelujah. You know, there are people who say, oh, you know, don't force your children because when they grow up, they will hate God. Let them hate God because I told them the truth. After a while, when they become wiser, they will realize what I did was good for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, we must introduce our families, our children, to God. That is how you begin to build the legacy of prosperity. Let's go to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18, verse 17 to 19. Genesis, this is a message for parents, but it's also a message for potential parents, because I can see they are all here. Genesis chapter 18, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing. Verse 18. Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Verse 19. For I have known him. Switch to King James. So I show some, you guys something here. For I know him. God is saying, I know Abraham. How does he know Abraham? That he will command his children and his household after him. Hmm. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. That phrase is very powerful. God says, I know Abraham. Because this man commands his children, commands his household, commands his wife. Can the wife say amen? Amen is weak. Can the wife shout a louder amen? amen? He commands his children. He commands his household. And the household of Abraham was big. He had even servants working for him. But you can see that God knows that Abraham has such a command or such 
authority to be able to command his children and command his household after him. In other words, what Abraham said is what carried the day. What Abraham declared in that homestead is what carried the day. And he commanded them to follow God. That they should keep the way of the Lord. To do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken. Now, he did not plead with his children. He did not plead with his household. He commanded his household. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, let me warn you, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be rough. Amen. Because I'm on a mission to provoke every man in this house to command his children and to command his household. Wife, get ready to be commanded after this message. There's no amen, but I'll preach anyway. To command means the following. Number one, to command means to direct authoritatively. To command means to direct authoritatively. In other words, a man of the house or a husband or a father or the priest that God has put in a particular home should direct his household or direct his children authoritatively. A man must exercise his God-given authority to instill godly values in his house. During this period, as we were praying, I remember mentioning something about rebellion, that all of us, you know, we are prone to rebellion. Rebellion is part and parcel of a human being. Including your children, they can be rebellious. Your wife as well can be rebellious. And we have many wives who are very rebellious. Maybe they are not here. Rebellion is something that plagues human beings every now and then. And that's why God has placed authority at different levels in our lives. When you enter the family, there is authority. And authority begins with the man of the house. He is the head of the house. So authority begins from there. And the reason why God has put authorities at different levels is to curb the rebellion that we see in our world Today. So as a man, I want you to know, the moment you get a family, you become the representation of authority in that family. And you must direct your family authoritatively. You must speak to your wife authoritatively. Hmm. My Lord and my God, help me preach today. You must speak to your children authoritatively because God has given you that mandate. You know, when I was studying this, I realized that God is going to judge us men very harshly. That he placed you in a position of authority to command your family, to command your household, to command your children, to follow his ways. But because you failed, he is even wondering, he should have made you a woman. Because there are some men here, you are wearing a trouser, but you are behaving like somebody who is wearing a skirt. A phlegmatic man who cannot command his household, cannot command his children, cannot even command a woman in his life. What kind of a man are you? What is in your trouser? I came to speak to men this morning. I came to start up men this morning. Look, you have to put your foot on the ground. And you have to let your house know this line you must never cross. As long as I am a man, a father, a husband in this house, and I will not repeat what I'm saying, cross the line and see what will hit you. Abraham 
God, says, God even says, I know him. I know Abraham. This man is able to command his children and command his household after him. That means if Abraham says, from today the church we are going is city of transformation church, there is no discussion. But look at the families now. The wife calls for a meeting. To discuss what Baba said. Discusses with the children. Then they form a coalition. To rise up against the father. What are you teaching your daughters? You are teaching your daughters when they get married, they can also have their own mind. That no matter what the man says, they have their own mind. They will chart their own course in that family. What are you teaching your children? You are teaching your children to disregard authority. If they go to school, they will not respect the teachers. If they get a job, they will not, dis they will not respect the boss. Because there's something that you have already instilled. There is opposition in the house. There's the ruling party. who is run, The party is run by the father. And then there's the opposition party run by the mother and the children. To command is to direct authoritatively. Hallelujah. You know some of you say, oh, Pastor, you, you don't know my wife. I, I also need to tell you, you also, you don't know my wife. side is very quiet. Are you ready for my preaching today? So what you have, you can handle it. I say what you have, you can deal with it. Oh my goodness. I say what you have, you can deal with it. Ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, the father in the home has been granted the ultimate authority to exercise so that he can bring order in the family. Abraham, as the head of his house, exercised authority over his children and household. And that's why you see order. You see order in the house of Abraham. Wife, don't bring disorder in your home. Number two, the ladies are not breathing. What does it mean to command? Command also means to exercise dominating influence. Is to exercise dominating influence. It is like to have a military command of a senior officer. As a father, you need to know that you have an awesome opportunity to be able to unleash a dominating influence over your home. Now, this influence is not just you issuing decrees. Influence begins by the way you live, by your character, by your conduct, the way you carry yourself as a man. Because, you see, influence begins with you. You can't influence me by what you say, if I don't see you living it. And in the house, you need to know that children learn more by what they see than by what they hear. So if you're going to influence your home, if you're going to influence your, ha your house, you have to live it. You have to imbibe the values that you're trying to propagate, you know, to your family. So that influence is not to be a tyrannical leader. The influence is to imbibe and to practice godly qualities so that as your children are looking at you, when you tell them this is what I want you to do, they can see you are also doing it. Hmm. You can't beat your wife and tell your children be nice in school. 
You can pinch their mother and fight the mother and lock her out. And then you tell them, be nice to people. It will never work. That influence begins with you as a person, how you live, how you conduct yourself, how you carry yourself around, how you treat their mother, how you provide for the house, how available you are, how prayerful you are. If you're a man of integrity, they need to see it. But you can't tell them to live right and you're a humanizer. It's quiet in here, but I'll preach anyway. The influence must begin with you so that you gain moral authority to bring order in your house. Hmm. Help me preach, Lord Jesus. Number three, to command is the ability to control. The ability to control. Abraham commanded his children and commanded his household. He had the ability to control them. As a father, you have to control your family. You have to control your children. And you as a father also, you have to be godly. Because when I talk about control, I'm not talking about manipulation. I'm talking about control because you're protecting them from danger. You're protecting them from making mistakes. You're protecting them from sinning. You're protecting them from destroying their lives. If you don't control your children, they will go wild. They will run wild. Glory to Jesus. I say glory to Jesus. Even a wife needs to be controlled. Oh yes. I'm preaching. I'm telling you I'm preaching. Oh yes. Yeah. There is a reason why God put the man to be on top of the woman. There is a reason that. Because God knows a woman can go wild. Oh yes. Look, brother, if you don't control your wife, she will come at home at 10 p.m. And you're in the house waiting for supper. And she, she will tell you she was in the chama and it extended. You have to tell her in this house. If I am your husband, then certain things have to work like this. Like me or hate me. I'm preaching the word of God. Yes. To command is the ability to control. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, she should know that she, as much as she's married to you, but she should know that you are the head. Yes, you are the head. It's very quiet, but it's fine. You, you, you are the head. Yes. Authority rests with you. Yeah. So, so if she has to be late, she has to let you know that she will be late. Your children must be controlled. You see, when we moved here, I remember there was nothing. This was bare ground. And, and we started planting trees. We started planting uh, flowers and grass. You know, some of them died. Some of them survived. But before we started doing that, I remember I went around trying to see what people are doing. I went to several churches which have moved to, you know, their own land. And I was asking them, why don't you help me? Give me your landscaper to help me. And I remember one bishop told me, please, you can never afford paying for landscaping in your in your land. They are very expensive. So you just go and do whatever you can do. Go and study and see what is the climate. What are the trees that work here very well? The grass that works here very well. Flowers, whatever, whatever. So we've been learning as we plant. When something dies, we just know it cannot work. We replace it with something else. But as we're also planting these good things that we want to see here, some nice trees, flowers, whatever, we also had weeds that we do not plant. And they were growing wild. And they were ferocious. And they were doing very well. We don't water them, but they are just growing. Weeds. We are still fighting the weeds until today. Three years down the line. So, if you don't control your children, they'll become like weeds. They'll become wild. Your wife will become wild, I'm telling you. Me, I'm warning you right now, because one day you come to my office crying that your wife is wild. Your children are wild. They cannot be controlled. They are out of control. They are wild. Wake up on Sunday morning, they say, I'm not going to church. Or they come back home, they bring you your box. You took them to Form 1 with the metallic box. 
After three weeks, they come back. They put it at your feet. They say, I'm not going. I'm telling you. If you do that to me and you're my child, before you finish, I'm not going. You'll be spinning 360 degrees. Because we need order. I say we need order. I say we need order. I say we need order. So control your children. Control them. They should not hang out with everybody. Yeah. Tell them you cannot go to that house. And I've said it. You know when I was growing up, we used to live with a neighbor. And that neighbor, man, hey, Pastor Zev, that neighbor. That neighbor... When you bring a house manager to your house, if the house manager is not strong, she becomes his wife. People used to bring house managers in that neighborhood. All of them, she, he converts them into his wife. So others used to send at home. So the house manager came to work meets this guy, becomes a wife. He sends her home. Of course, while she's already pregnant. Will you allow your children to go to that neighbor's house? You have to control your children. Yes. Please, I'm going somewhere. Some of you think I'm lost. I'm not lost. It's you who maybe who is lost in this message. Me, I'm not lost. I know I'm going. Control your children. You have to tell them, this one, you cannot go here. You cannot do this. You cannot do this. You cannot do this. You, cannot. you have to control them. Because of what you're trying to build inside of them. Hallelujah. Yeah, she'll tell them, you can't eat everywhere. There's food in this house. Yes, whatever we cook, is that what we are going to eat? Yeah. Even if it's ugali and bitter herbs, that's what we are going to eat. Praise the Lord. Yeah. If there is no TV in your house, tell them we will stay here in fellowship. We will sing songs. Because if you don't control your child, your child will be going to your neighbor's house every evening to watch TV. Then come, comes very late to come and sleep in your house. Control them. Put a fence around their lives and tell them you can only go so far. Praise the Lord. As I talk about control, because I'm going to go deeper now, you should also control what they consume in terms of spiritual food. You must determine what they eat. What is my family eating? I'm speaking to the men right now. What is my family eating? Are they receiving spiritual food, spiritual manna from heaven? What are they eating? Are they in touch with God? Are they close to God? Do, you, do, do they follow God? Do they pray? Are they passionate about God? What is the faith I am giving unto them. What kind of faith am I giving unto them? Abraham commanded his children and his household after him. I pray that you'll be like Abraham. Speak to every, I'm speaking to every man here. I pray that you'll be like Abraham. You will command your children and you will command your household. Hallelujah. You will command your children and you will command your household. You know, when God called me, I told Pastor Mary, Pastor Mary was doing business and she was doing very, very well in business. I told her, we are moving. So I saw she was still, you know, dilly darling. I told her, okay, you wrap up. But I'm gone. And I left. And I told her, that's my decision. Moved from the city I was in, and I came here. And I said, I'm going to start here. She said, I'll support you, but I need to really make sure that, you know, we don't really suffer. I said, okay, you work out whatever you need to work out, but time is up. So I came, took a house, slept on the floor, following God's calling upon my life. Because when God calls a man, he has called the entire family. Some of you wives, the way you behave is like, the calling is yours. <laughs> Which house do you belong to? Show me a scripture that says the calling is yours. Abraham.
Abraham commanded his household, commanded his children, said, this is the direction we are going. After a while, she joined me. And we started from scratch. We sold the business. Sold it. Started from scratch. Was it easy? It was not easy. We were living in a nice, beautiful house. Big. I let, I let it go. Came and started from scratch. Following God. She joined me. And we started. Put up something small. Put up something small for her to do. Then when the business is picking up, I felt God is telling me, step out. I told her, hey, Mrs. Me. There's another move again. He said, which one? I'm beginning to do well. He said, no, God is saying now it's time to step out. And I stepped out, started this church. And because it was in the same city, so I told her, you do what you can, but I see you coming here so we can do the work of God. So she tried, 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 tried after several months. She had to close it down and join me. Was it easy for her? No. It was tough. But I was determined. I said, I must command my family. We left everything to follow God up to where we are right now. Look, I've even sent her to Embakasi now. She's pastoring a church. You, you are saying you don't know my wife. I'm telling you, you, you don't know my wife. <laughs> I've sent her. She's running a church right now. As I'm preaching right now, she's also preaching. You understand what I'm talking, I'm talking about? Yes. You are the head. You are the man. Stop behaving like a lady. Stop behaving like a woman. You are the man. Put your foot on the ground. I'm speaking to the man in this house. When God says something, that's what you should follow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And you know, as a man, you need to understand that your wife is studying you. She's just studying you. When you say something, she says no. She wants to see your reaction. If she sees you're phlegmatic, she knows, oh, I got him by the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> She's studying you. She must know. There are times when you speak, it is serious. It is serious. Hallelujah. And men, let me tell you something. All these ladies you see here, can I give you a secret? They are looking for a strong man. Please clap, clap again properly. I have said a very powerful point. All these ladies you are seeing here, they are looking for a decisive and a very strong man. If they can see that quality in you, then they know our future is bright. But you are a watermelon. They will never follow you. You are not decisive. You are not serious. Even some things which are serious, the way you are talking is like you are joking. You are a comedian in your house. She will never take you seriously. She should know when you are joking and when you are serious. Abraham commanded his household. Let's see what happened to his son Isaac. Genesis chapter 25. Abraham is serious about God, man. Very serious. Genesis chapter 25. Are you enjoying my message? V verse 19. Genesis 25, verse 19. Let's, 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 let's see this guy called Isaac. And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac. Verse 20. Hmm. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, of Padanaram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. Verse 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. Isaac is praying. 
He's running to God. He's praying. He's 40 years old. The wife is barren. And Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Where did Isaac learn to pray to God? He picked that legacy from his father Abraham. He saw his father, how his father was so in touch with God. And when he met this challenge of his wife not conceiving, maybe he had tried everything that he knew how and nothing was working. He ran to God and pleaded with God and treated the Lord to come and touch his wife, Rebecca. And the Lord granted his plea. And Rebecca, his wife, conceived. I want you to understand something. Abraham's wife was Sarah. She was barren. The son, Isaac, marries Rebecca, and Rebecca is also barren. Isaac asked a question How was I conceived? And Abraham told him, God in heaven visited me one day and that's why I'm serving him and was able to make your mother conceive. So, so Isaac knew that this thing that I'm dealing with, it has been in our family. If my father broke it, I should also break it. How did my father break it? He went to God. So I will also go to God so that I can be able to break it. You understand what I'm talking about? If, if, if you don't see it from that perspective, you will think it is normal. Oh, even our grandfather was, our grandmother was barren. Even the other one was barren. Oh, the other one was also barren. And then you just let it keep on flowing in the family. I thank God for Isaac. He said, this thing, I have to break it. I have to break it. And he broke it. Oh, I anoint you today to break some things in your family. Yes, I release grace upon you to break some things in your family. Shout a louder amen in this house. Genesis chapter 28. Isaac, the son of Abraham. Genesis chapter 28. Give me the verse. Genesis chapter 28 from verse 1. Then Isaac, now Isaac has a child. I love Abraham, man. Left such a strong legacy of loving God and serving God. Then Isaac called Jacob. Who was Jacob? It was his sign because Isaac had two boys. You remember Jacob and Esau? Now he had blessed Jacob. Now he calls Jacob. He's now old, almost dying. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him. And then look at the word that is used there. Charged him. That is another word for commanding. He charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife. From the daughters of Canaan. He even determines who he should marry. Some of you even tell your, 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 your daughters who have waited upon the Lord and no brother is coming their way. You just encourage yourself. Just bring me a child. Get any man on the streets. Become pregnant and bring me. I want a grandchild. Isaac tells him, Jacob, if you are going to marry, I want you to know, you can't marry from this house. You can't marry from this place. And we must tell our children, now that you are a Christian, you cannot marry an, unbeli an unbeliever. You can't. Just know that I'll not, I'll not be happy. You cannot. I have made that very clear to my children. You don't bring me up again. I don't care how handsome he is. Or how beautiful she is. You don't bring, you do, don't even think of coming. Maybe I should go now. It's like. Okay, some of you parents, I say, oh, uh, you get saved along the way. Yeah, we, we will form a prayer chain. You are throwing your daughter to dogs. 
You are throwing your son to dogs. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him and commanded him, do not marry a Canaanite woman. Take me back to New King James. Then verse 2. Then, then Isaac called, then, say, then he says, arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. Heesh. Specifics. Verse 3, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be an assembly of people. Verse 4, and give, and give you the blessings. Now look at that. And give you the blessings of your grandfather, Abraham, to you and your descendants with you. That you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to your grandfather Abraham. He's telling him, remember the blessings of your grandfather. I'm speaking the same blessings over your life. That as you go out there to get married, that the blessings of Abraham, the favor that Abraham enjoyed, the wealth that Abraham enjoyed, the increase that Abraham enjoyed, the big household that Abraham had, the victories that Abraham enjoyed, I'm speaking the same blessings over you. That's why I pray that you may be so blessed that when your children are blessing their children, they will make reference to you as their grandfather and grandmother. And they will dig deep and pull of the blessing that you carry and release to their children as well. Can I get a witness in this house? Look at the neighbor, give them high five and tell them I must bless my grandchildren. Oh yes, I must bless my grandchildren. I must build a legacy that will affect my grandchildren. I must raise up a foundation that will impact on my grandchildren. When they refer to me, they will refer to me concerning good things. Good things. I see you beginning a new lineage. I say, I see you beginning a new lineage. I see you beginning a wonderful lineage of prosperity and increase. And all of them are pointing to one thing, God. Abraham introduced the family to God. Isaac is introducing his son to God. Son Jacob. Let's look at Jacob. How about Jacob? Genesis chapter 35. I love my preaching. Genesis chapter 35. Then God said to Jacob, Arise. God spoke to Abraham. God is speaking, or he spoke to Isaac. Now God is speaking to Jacob. God spoke to Abraham. Then he spoke to Isaac, the son of Abraham. And now he's speaking to Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. Powerful. Then God said to Jacob, arise, go to Bethel and dwell there. And make an altar there to God. Who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. Verse 2. And God said to his household and to all who are with him. Now this is Jacob. And Jacob said to his household and to all who are with him, put away. Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in the way which I have gone. Verse 4. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands. This guy is married to wives who have foreign gods. That's why I told you your wife has to be controlled. Because you might not know she's worshipping she's worshiping another god. When she's with you, hey honey. The many things ladies say. But behind the scenes, she has gods. She doesn't subscribe to your God. She doesn't believe in your God. Look, I'm saying very deep things here. 
Some of you men, you are even struggling to make your house worship the God you worship. Because your wife worships Beyonce. Your wife worships Oprah. She watches Oprah religiously. And secretly she says, I want to be like Oprah. You know, one day, another lady, I, was, I noticed she really, she, she was really gifted in, in the singing ministry when I was a youth pastor. And I told her, why don't you join the worship team and start singing and blessing the Lord? I said, first of all, I want you to know, I'm not even thinking about marriage. I'm thinking about self-discovery. So I asked, so why are you thinking about self-discovery? Say, I, 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 I watch Oprah. And she's really talking to me. Look, you might be having a wife who is watching Oprah. It's very quiet in here. She worships Oprah. She doesn't worship your God. She subscribes to all these other women who were in the corporate world. Those are the women who talk to her. And so sometimes when she looks at you and she sees you have nothing, she doesn't really respect you. She's even wondering why she got married to you. Oh, it's quiet. I feel like coming closer. It's like... Your work is just to worship, worship, worship. Your work is just to go to church. Your work is just to pray. Show me the millions. Show me the billions. She never respects your God. She has another God. Jacob noticed that his wives had other gods that they were worshipping. Now, if your wife is worshipping other gods, it means also your children are worshipping other gods. As she's watching Oprah, your, your children are also watching Oprah. No wonder your son has started behaving like a woman. Hey, can I preach or should I shut up? Jacob said, give me back that verse 3. I'm just wondering if you come to church next Sunday. Verse 3. Let us arise. Let us arise. He's commanding his house. Let us arise and go up to Bethel and I'll make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in the way which I have gone. Verse 4. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands. And the earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree which was by Shechem. Verse 5. And they journeyed. They left them behind. And the terror of God was upon the cities that were around them. And they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. Abraham had a legacy. He introduced his family to God. Isaac is learning from Abraham. He strengthens his relationship with God. Jacob is commanding his household. He's giving them a charge. And he's telling them, we have to follow God. I came to charge every man here. I came to charge every husband here. I came to command every man here. It is his time you take your position. Oh my goodness. I came to stir up every man here that you can't be phlegmatic anymore. Rise up as a man and lead your family in the ways of the Lord. There is no amen, but I'll preach anyway. I came to charge every man. I came to command every man. Command your household. Command your children. Command your wife. To follow God and to serve God. First Kings chapter 2. Last scripture. Touch every man next to you and tell them, Command your household. 
You're even afraid to touch that man. Tell that man, command your household. Command your children. Command your wife. Second Kings chapter 2. You can't build a legacy, king, legacy of prosperity if you don't introduce your family to God. Now the days of David renew that he should die. David is an old man and he charged Solomon. Look, the word again is charged. He commanded his son. Charged his son Solomon saying, verse 2, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, my son. Therefore, and prove yourself a man. Be a man the way I was a man. Hey, Lord, help me preach. Hallelujah. Look, you as a father, once in a while, pluck your son from the mother. Hey, it's, 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 very, it's very quiet in here. Pluck that boy from the mother and tell the boy, today I'm hanging out with you. And speak to that boy and tell that boy what manhood is. David tells his son, show yourself, prove yourself as a man. You can't be a sissy. You can't be phlegmatic. You can't be this guy that is swayed to and fro with, you know, anything that comes his way. Become a man and prove yourself to be a man. I'm telling you, as I'm preaching this, my heart is broken because what I'm seeing in our generation today, men are not men. Men cannot even control their own homes, cannot control their own houses. How will you do ministry if your house is in shambles? How can you feed and bring direction to the church if you can't bring direction to your house? David is old. He tells his son, prove yourself. Be a man. Stand up and be a man. You're going to be a leader of this nation. Stand up and be a man. Square your shoulders. Clear your throat. Speak. Let your booming baritone voice be heard from one corner of the kingdom to the other. Let people know that the nation has a leader. Can't be a sissy here. Crying. 40 years old, you are still calling your mother. My wife is stressing me. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. <laughs> Mom, please come and talk to her. Prove yourself a man. I say prove yourself a man. never called my mother-in-law. I have never called my mother. I have never called my father. I have never called anyone to help me deal with Pastor Mary. Because I'm a man. There is something in my trouser that tells me you're a man. And this is a woman. Command her. You might not like this message, but it will save you. Remember, I told you, your wife is studying you. Your children are studying you. If, they, if you show weakness, they will know how to capitalize on the weakness 
and put you down. That's why some men, they don't have a voice in the house. When the man, out there, the man is a king. The way he's talking to other people, I'm telling you. Everybody's listening to the man. When he enters his house, have you seen a dog that is scared with the tail be, between the, 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 the legs? That's how the man enters the house. Even the way he's entering the house, you can just see he's scared. He cannot talk, he cannot say anything. Prove yourself a man! You know, one day, we went out, my brother and I, to watch these films that used to come in our estate. And sometimes those films were long, because they were Indian movies. Indian movies are long, because they have a part where people are dancing and singing to each other. A guy is singing to the lady, and the lady is stubborn. So the song has to be extended until the guy is able to warm his way into the heart of the lady. By the time she, he gets to the lady, it's like 45 minutes are gone. So we watched the movie until late. When the movie was over, that's when reality struck us. That it is late. And we have to go back to the house. So we say, okay. We need a strategy. So we cooked a strategy. We remembered in the house, the, the, the kitchen window did not lock properly. And we knew if you just shake it, shake it, shake it, it can open. And then we can use the kitchen window to get to the house. So we went. I think we were living on the second floor. It was a flat. So we climbed the stairs. It was a very dangerous move, but you know, a man has to survive. And so we went, shook the kitchen. Because when you go to the house, the lights were off. Like everybody was asleep. So we went to the kitchen, shook it, shook it, shook it, shook it. It opened. And we entered. We are now in the kitchen. Now, another strategy is how to get to the bedroom without nobody hearing us. It was my brother and I. So when we were just opening the kitchen door to get to the bedroom, my father switched on the lights. <laughs> he said, uh-huh. What are you trying to do? He told us, I have seen the door is locked. How have you entered the house? Before we could answer, he had landed on us. He beat us and beat us. These are two boys. He beat us. He told us, go straight to the bathroom. We went straight to the bathroom and took a shower. Then he said, come out. We came out. He said, I want you to know, this is my house. And if you cannot abide by my rules, one of us will leave this house. And he said, and it is not me. <laughs> From that day, film Zikai. We didn't go for films anymore. I kept on remembering that statement. One of us will leave this house and it will not be me. But you, you are so nice. I think I need to take my children for therapy. <laughs> therapy. <laughs> Let's finish this verse, then we pray. Oh, Lord. David says, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong. Speaking to his son, he tells him, be strong therefore and prove yourself a man. Look at verse 3. What does he say? And keep the charge. Keep the charge. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. He's telling him what to do. To walk in his ways. Hmm. To keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses. Then he says... The reason why I want you to follow God, the reason why I'm introducing you to God is because there's a legacy I want to perpetuate over my generation. He says that you may prosper in all that you do wherever you turn. You turn left, you prosper. You move to another city, you prosper. You get children, they also prosper. That you may prosper in all that you do. 
Where did it begin from? It began from God. And he said, I'm introducing you to God and I want you to keep the statutes, the commandments, the judgment of God. Please don't turn away from them. This is what I want you to do. That's why I told you for you to build a kingdom legacy, it begins by you introducing your children to God. Because when you do, when you do that, they will prosper in all that they do. Wherever they turn, they will prosper. This morning I came to charge every man. Command your household. Command your children. Command your household. Command your children. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.